0: In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. So, so you know, doing research about your life, the, the thing that hit me off right away is how like I, I guess with some some other composers as well is your sense of humor is really great. Like I I love the way you have a great sense of humor because I almost think you need it in life, right? So, but I feel like yours is like above average. Like you have a really yeah, great I, <laughs> I wanted to put two things on the screen and I would never bring these up, but they I took them from your Twitter. I I couldn't stop laughing when I saw both of them, okay? All right, off right. of your twitter okay and i thought this was absolutely hilarious i almost I, like people say when you say oh i lol and you know they didn't i legitimately lol for like a good five minutes
1: oh good okay
0: you were talking about your ex and how they have the same name <laughs> Thanos.
1: <laughs> so I, that
0: was great all right and then this one this one had me like howling so you have a very good sense of humor so kudos for that yeah you are you are you are very clever very clever um
1: you
0: you know there's part of the thing of having kids because i i'm a little older but i have younger kids i have a three-year-old i have a seven-month-old and um one of the things of having kids is you watch movies you maybe normally wouldn't right so like paw patrol um That main theme is amazing. Like, I would have missed that had I not had children and been watching it with my child. Not because I thought it was too good for the movie or this and that, but your soundtrack is like amazing. Like, you could, if you closed your eyes and put that score on for any other movie, a blockbuster, it would work. Like, and and I love how, like, people say, Oh, Paw Patrol. I dare anybody to listen to the main theme from Paw Patrol and tell me that that's not a supremely well done track.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. That was the (laughs) goal.
0: So when you do create like that, right, so we're going to get into some of your other projects. When you do create, right, what's your process in that regard? Because, like, it does add to that story. It is a really great movie. Like, forget kids' movie. It's just a fun movie, right? So
1: what's your process in scoring something like that? Well, with this one, they actually, Spin Master, they wanted to kind of expand the age range as well uh, to make it almost like a a little marvel film so to speak um so we wanted to come up with a theme and so in the in the emotions that are in the film and from the from the humor to everything we wanted to make it accessible because like you said i'm also a parent i know how it is to sit through things (laughs) we just wanted to make it a fun experience because also these type of films you know if hopefully if it if it's done well it's what they're watched multiple times as you know with kids once they love something they watch it you know Over. and uh so i wanted to create something that's actually enjoyable and hopefully will stand the test of time but in terms of the creation process it's the themes that i'm glad you like i appreciate um that was the main thing you know coming up with sky theme, the main theme you know all these you know auxiliary themes that that we needed to have and then from there expanding.
0: Well, and, and and for those listening who haven't seen it, like it's the same kind of craftsmanship that went to Captain Marvel. Like it's really good. Like it's not like sometimes you like when I was growing up, you watched animated stuff and some people kind of like mailed it in, but it wasn't like a bad thing. But like this is definitely not mailed in, this is like crafted. So I, I like that. Yep. And this is the last thing I want to show because for those listening, I wanted to see why I love composers so much, and this is another reason why. So this here, and I'm gonna share this if you don't mind with people because I think. People will appreciate this, especially the 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 people that um, are are sports fans, right? So, how clever is this? So, I wanted to ask you. I'm just gonna play five seconds. But I know you've seen this before, but so so you created the theme, right? And then, have you seen these comments, Pinar, of what people no, said? No, I so, don't. I try not to read the comments. Oh, but no, no. But I, I. But look Are they good? Oh, oh, yes. Okay, it's, good. Then I'll read them. This is absolutely really <laughs> epic and an awesome tribute to classic football. I love this theme. I must say, I'm impressed. It gets my blood boiling with excitement for football. Like that is right. awesome. like that is the stuff. Like, so I've already brought up two things, right? One's a kids movie, kids movie. One's a a football theme for Thursday in the NFL. Like, talk about an eclectic composer who has. Who could do a lot like that's impressive
1: right thank you Well, thanks to my adhd or whatever you want to call it i <laughs> i like doing different things for me my fulfillment comes from really dabbling in different things and exploring music and genres and everything um beyond what i do and just every single day it needs to it needs to vary that's what i find fulfillment in
0: yeah, it is really an eclectic filmography. So so like this is the dumbest question you're ever going to get asked.
1: I doubt and I, it. And I
0: know and, <laughs> and I feel like I know a lot about movie scores. So like when you're conducting and your hands are waving, could you explain that to me? Like I'm I just turned 50 and I feel like I've never understood this. Like explain that part to me.
1: Well, I just kind of wave and hope the musicians are, you know, doing their thing. <laughs> You just hope for the best. <laughs> no the one best. really knows.
0: <laughs> but is it like? Is it like a? Is it um, like what is the purpose behind a conductor doing that? Is it just just to kind of?
1: Just... Oh, bit, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 quite different in a classical situation versus right. a, a film recording session. In a recording session, we have a click track, so they technically hear the beats. Uh, so some could say, "Are the fact that we are keeping beats is a bit redundant," but we're kind of herding the the sheep, so to speak. They're right. uh, getting the energy from you, the start and stops and entrances and uh, just making sure that everyone is united. Um, it, it, it's more that because in terms of keeping time, they're actually all hearing uh, the click in a session environment. But it's obviously a lot more than that um, in a classical situation.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You know, um, th- did you... So part of your, your your journey here was working with Danny elfman right um I have to say the grand finale in edwards Scissorhands hands might be with the best piece of music ever written for like a a, a movie a, it's like unbelievable like that's you could you could listen to that twenty four seven and never get sick of it and i didn't yeah. I never knew he was married to, to to bridget Fonda which is another fyi but um talk about your experience with him and what that was like how he added to your career how because he's he's one of the best
1: he is and uh... It was definitely a turning point when when he hired me uh, as an additional music person for for Justice League, which I had yeah. to demo for and everything. So, but I remember my first meeting with him. I was so starstruck because just I, I really really admired his work and his entire career and what he's done. And he gave me this theme, and he was like. Okay, see what you know I want to see what you can do with it and I was so intimidated I'm like okay well do I change it am I allowed to do stuff with it or like is it gonna be but uh, I actually did ended up doing a couple different options where like one was okay this is staying true to exactly what you wrote and this is my interpretation of it which was a risky thing and what I loved about him is that he called me and uh and I love that about him by the way he actually, was calling me, not texting (laughs) He was calling me. And, and, you know, he actually said how he appreciated the fact that I took it elsewhere. Um, So that already for me was like, oh, okay, this is somebody that actually really is not like an ego-driven person. It's like he is just such a great artist and he appreciates. And I know that just started out a really great collaboration after that I got hired and his belief in me for that project Unlocked kind of the next level of my career, so I'm always going to be grateful for that.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing that that person for you is like Danny Elfman. Like my right. God, like you know,
1: it's like, um, did you go to school in Boston? I went to Berkeley, yes. And, and you did you do four years there? I've well, I finished a four year program in two years.
0: Oh my God! Uh, so I went to Northeastern, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going somewhere with this, and okay. you, you end up hearing. Hans Zimmer, if I hope I have this right, in a um oh what the hell is that store called? Tower uh, records. Tower records, which is I think is the one on Newberry or near Newberry, I think. Well, it was on
1: Mass Ave. It wasn't on Ma- the corner of Mass Ave and Newberry, I think. Yeah. It was a yeah,
0: yeah. I've been to that. I've been to that Tower Records, right? So yeah. um talk it's about a TJ that. Maxx now, just so you know. It's a TJ Maxx now?
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> that 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 was an epic store, by the way. Like it was. I'm dating myself, but this is like where. My CD collection, like, was like created, and uh, I, don't, I feel old now. But um, right. yeah, yeah. So you hear Hans, you hear the Prince of Egypt, and like you are another again another big composer that you you've developed a good rapport with. Uh, just talk anything you want about Hans, or anything uh, anything about his influence that you wanted to say. Oh,
1: well, yeah. I mean, it's a long story. But the short of it is that I. Um, it was a turning point i was a i was at berkeley but everybody was telling me there's no way you're going to make a living in film scoring so you should not major in that you should be a piano performance major so i believed them for like a split second i was a performance major but i was miserable and um and i was jealous of all the film scoring students i'm like they get to live their dream why can't i and right. i was conflicted with that and uh, i went to tower records one almost night it was 11 something and they were closing at midnight And I was quite broke at the time. I was quite broke most of my life, but. uh, And I went, I had like about $20 that I had to get by with for a few days. Prince of Egypt had just come out. And that was, you know, as you remember, that was our way of listening to things before there was, you know, no Spotify, no internet, no YouTube. So you actually had to go into those listening booths and like preview, you know? Yeah. I started listening to Prince of Egypt and the sound was. I mean the production and everything about it, there was one track called deliver us. It's like, I don't know. It's just completely.
0: It's very grandiose. It's very powerful. Yeah. And yeah,
1: yeah. Beautiful, delicate moments and these like grand moments and everything in between. And anyways, it was just captivating. And I bought that with my last money and uh, went to my place and listened to it overnight. And then next morning I changed my, my major to film scoring and, and here, here we are. So that, that, that soundtrack for me was kind of a huge drop in an already very full glass. And after that, I was fortunate to have a chance to to work with Hans after I moved to L.A. Did you tell um, him that story? I think so. I, think, yeah, I did. I did tell him that Because
0: he's the kind of guy that would be blown away by something like that. Because I feel like he's a, a guy that would be very appreciative of that, I feel
1: like. Yeah, he was. And and I learned a lot uh, during my time there. And I'm, I, I feel very grateful that I've had these different experiences.
0: So, quick question how How are Hans and Danny Elfman two? I I would say different composers as far as their music, slightly different as their approach. How are they different? How are they the same? I mean, you don't have to oh. like analyze like an essay, but like how? Well, it's I off don't know. Your head.
1: Um, I don't know. Honestly, Uh I think they're both very charming. Uh, I don't know what they, I know they have a lot of creative differences and just approach to the things. I can tell you that what they do have in common, they kind of have this, this charisma and you want to listen to what they're saying, which I I think is a really, it's a unique, you either have it or or you don't. And they both have that. um, And they're both very passionate um, about what they do. And, uh, and they were both a huge influence in my life. So.
0: You know, the funny thing is they're both so different, but they're both so listenable. Isn't that funny how, how that works? Like, and and I I don't want to let this go to hell with the people who said you should get out of film scoring and made you doubt yourself. Right? Like, do you ever, between you and I and whoever's listening, do you you ever kind of, I know you're not a vengeful person, but is it, is there ever a moment in your life where you, you kind of, you are where you are today. And and those that doubted you, you're kind of like, how you like me now? Is there, is there ever kind of moments like that? You're not an arrogant person. I'm not painting that picture, but. Come on, you paid your dues. You talked about being a broke college student. You talked about completing a four-year program in two years. I mean, you put yourself out there, right? Let's face it. But the doubters, is there any of that, a little bit of that, maybe a smidge? Or-
1: Sometimes. Yes, of course, because I think I it, it does feel for me, I always say I love being proven wrong for the better. If I don't right. believe in something and then somebody actually shows that they're, you know, completely capable of it. I love being proven wrong for the better. And it's the same thing. I hope in a way, you know, there, there were a lot of people that said they, you know, these, the, the things that I was able to get a chance to do, they couldn't be done. And I hope they're able to change their hearts and, and minds because of it. And I think that's, that's how things evolve in our history. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and you know, it's similarly like with you, we talked about you know, Thursday night football. We talked about Paw Patrol, but even like with Hans, like it's just stuff that not many people like. Like people know the Lion King, The Inception, The Interstellar. Listen, they're they're terrific, but it's just stuff that people don't know that maybe don't bring up every day, right? Like the Tears of the Sun, the Pledge, right. like Nine Months, Backdraft, like those are iconic. Like, and I just feel like you're kind of the same way. Where, listen, it doesn't have to be your Captain Marvel or your Interstellar, but like you do, he does a lot of great work. You do a lot of great work, and I feel like that's what makes a great composer. It's you're consistent throughout, right? Is that a fair point? I hope so. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Know, that, that that's how that's how I see. It. Even like your Fortnite, I was looking on Reddit. People love that Fortnite you did was it 3 years ago now, I think. But
1: Oh, more um, than that. More than that. Yeah.
0: yeah people love that Fortnite
1: Ford, theme, so. Marvel and everything, so.
0: And, and it's the same process whether it's a video game, a TV show, a movie, right? It's the same kind of the way you look at the way you create.
1: The creation part is is the same because you're, you're trying to tell a story, you're trying to evoke a certain emotion and whether you, you know, I do it with with synths or with an orchestra or both um it's it's all about trying to evoke that emotion and um but it, it, i mean the process the technicalities of it changes from video game to film to film you know to TV right, shows. right
0: right right you know, it, it's funny because i own the captain marvel soundtrack and um it's funny when you read reviews right there was a couple of like two star reviews and the reason it was two stars is people like, oh, there's no vocal music on it. Well, that's not what the album is. It's a score. It's a, It's funny how people, like, like, they weren't giving you two stars. They were giving the fact that your score-filled album with no vocals did not have vocals. I think sometimes people are a bit goofy. Being they honest. have vocal
1: solos, actually. There, yes. there's some moments. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: but they were looking for, like, you know, the, the 90s music that was, not like, yeah, the yeah. prevalent. Yeah, but but it's like, right. come on. Like, people are so goofy sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um, I, that's I why I love reviews. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the the I do want to get into your current project, but I have a couple more questions here. Um, You, you know, people talk, and I got to tell you, I am so burnt out with the Martin Scorsese's of the world, the Jodie Foster, Seth Rogen, doubling and tripling down and telling me why they don't like superhero movies. Like, I got to tell you, like, Chris Evans isn't out there telling Martin Scorsese the Irishman was a snooze fest. Like, can we stop with that? Like, why? It clearly makes a lot of people happy. Billion dollar. Hello. So like, why would, why do they insist on telling you how much they don't like it? I've never seen anything like this in my life where somebody has to be insistent in telling you, this is why I hate superhero movies. Scorsese is now on his third time telling people. Is it resentfulness? What is it? I'm going nuts. Like, I cannot read another article about somebody who tells me why they hate something.
1: Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And also, I think... um yes, there are a lot of superhero projects now, <laughs> you know, so, the, so some of it is, it is true. I think, you know, there's, there've been a lot of it and, um, and I, I could understand. And I, even in, on my side of it, I've done a lot of superhero based projects, but I'm also really excited to do other things as well. Right. Uh, so I think everyone's entitled to their opinion, but there's, the good thing is that there's, there's so many things to go around and there's an audience for everything. There's clearly You know, people that love those type of projects and and people that that love. So there's there's enough to go around. There's enough audience and enough love to go
0: around. I I wish they would realize that because it's like, use your energy instead of hating superhero. Like, help with world hunger or, like, help cure a disease. Like, stop telling me how much Marvel stinks. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it drives me bananas. It drives me bananas. Um. So let's talk about the first woman to score MCU, the billion dollars part. How much pride do you wear in that right because that's a huge accomplishment right uh you natalie Holt, like we've got some composers that are female that are absolutely kicking ass in like every sense of the word like and i'm talking like natalie's coming off a season two of 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 loki Mm -hmm. like her last episode is like iconic you're captain marvel and i can go on and on iconic like thank you finally right we're getting to a point where we have our we have
1: our we have our day Pinar, right Well, I, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, yeah, let's let's see how it goes.
0: <laughs> did you find that was a barrier for you at any time? Like, I mean, obviously, Danny was very helpful, but did you find that being female, perhaps was it was a problem at times? Like, I've had other composers on that, whether it was color or gender, have said that could have been an obstacle at times. Um, do you think it was for you?
1: My answer to that is, I would have never known because I never lived the parallel experience where the opposite was true. So I only had my life the way I've experienced it. And I chose very early on because also, you know, we're talking about, you know, when we talk about Fortnite, Captain Marvel, those are the last six, seven years of my life. I've been working in L.A. for 23 years. Uh, So it took a very long time for my overnight success to happen, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's um, for me. I just made a decision very, very early on, before the diversity talks, before any of this stuff was actually even happening, as it is happening now, which is wonderful. Um, I just kind of decided that's just that's not going to be an issue. I walked into a room. I I never walked into a room thinking I was at a disadvantage, right? That right. I couldn't do something. And I right. think what people forget is it's kind of basic salesmanship. You know, it's like you you will sell better and as an artist we always kind of sell ourselves right. uh, as salespeople are the ones that believe in what they're selling and i believe that i could do it i, ne- I never thought i was at a disadvantage and sometimes not because i never thought because i was a woman but because i hadn't done much i had to demo a lot and even like i did a film called the lost city a couple of years ago great movie and- yeah And that was a bit different than what I had done before. And fair enough, the filmmakers actually wanted to know that they could trust me with it. So I wrote five different demo tracks for them. Um, And this is, you know, way after Captain Marvel, way after all these projects, because it was different. And I wanted them to make sure and feel comfortable that they were hiring me and that I could deliver. And I also wanted to know that I could deliver for them. So um, I think... More than the gender thing, I think it's just kind of making sure that it's a creative match. Right. Because ultimately, music, art, it doesn't have emotions. (laughs) They don't have gender. Uh, So I just kind of operated thinking that that is a non-issue from the start. And i go that way.
0: (laughs) You know, after you're coming off of Captain Marvel, is there any, like, so I know there's actors that have, like, a, a great filmography, like you have a great filmography. And then when they're asked to audition, they get kind of offended. I, was that ever the case here? Cause I almost feel, I, I get what you're saying. Like you want to make sure you're right, but I don't know. I almost feel like, Hey, have you listened to Captain Marvel? Have you listened to my other stuff? Is there any of that? Or is it like, I, I'll do five tracks for you and we'll see if we're a match. I mean, is there any like, look at the, look at the receipts. Like they don't, 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 don't they match? Like, I don't know.
1: I think it, it, it depends. So for, uh, when I get asked to pre- create demo reels or things like that for films that the type of films that I obviously have obviously I've done many times before, they don't usually ask me to to demo because gotcha. I have, you know, hundreds of tracks that I can easily provide in that genre. But when it's something different and also because, again, I'm always trying to, to do things that are different. <laughs> uh, right. And I'm always going to kind of chase that carrot. You know, OK, what can I do that is different than before? So by default, I'm going to have to do, you know, show them that I can do that because I haven't done that before as far as they're concerned. I know I can do it, but I need to show it to them, you know? Right, so I, I don't right. mind. I don't mind.
0: Right. Is, is there a big process for creating five tracks like that? I mean, like, so you, you would have devoted some time to that. That's not something you just kind of like do like, hey, I got I got 40 minutes, so let me just, just yeah. whip those right out. Like, you have to like spend a lot of time on that, right?
1: I did. And yeah. the, the thing is, I, I love what I do. So I think that's the thing. I, for me, that's not like work. That's what I signed up for. For me, it's a gift. Right. That I get to do it, so I never approach it from "oh man, I have to write," you know. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a privilege. So I have a question
0: for you, and, mm-hmm. and I I I feel like the biggest dummy, and I've rewatched it so many times, knowing that you and I were going to speak. So in, in Endgame, when when Captain Marvel comes to rescue Tony Stark and Nebula, right, way out in outer space, I know Alan Silvestri scored it. I know that, but why? Over the last whatever years since this was released, why did I think I was hearing your music? Am I losing my mind? I thought
1: in that Endgame, was fun. in Endgame, they did use Captain Marvel a few times, yeah. Right, but I, I feel I,
0: I can't figure out if the moment where, where where she comes in to to basically save Tony Stark and save yeah. Nebula, if that's your music or Alan's music, I thought it was your music.
1: Well, it's my theme yep. you know, done by Alan Silvestri. So they've kind of repurposed my theme and, you know, it kind of happens and it's kind of glory at the very end as well. And right. um, yeah, so in the beginning, there's a hint of it. Uh, and there's a couple of times throughout that, that, that he's used the theme, which was a huge honor because I'm also a huge Alan Silvestri fan.
0: Yeah, because that's an awesome scene with awesome music. Are we okay with other people modifying our music? Pinar, by the way, are we okay with that? I know it's Alan Silvestri. He's an icon. But is, I mean, as, as as somebody who is a composer, is that okay with you? Do they ask you permission to do that, or they just do it?
1: Well, in the case of Marvel, they, they own They own music.
0: yeah, Right, yeah, so yeah, they
1: can yeah. do whatever they want with it. And it's for me it's it's great because that means that the theme lives on um and they've used it for example in theme parks and things like that and it's it's nice you you know walk through disneyland and you hear a bit of captain marvel as i'm having some ice cream it's great
0: yeah <laughs> and there's a great uh is it a tweet of yours when you're at epcot center like and you're like people that was like really sweet like you're such a fun follow like i can't recommend that well, like I mean- yeah, you're at Epcot, you're hearing your own music. Like, if that was me, I would be, like, in tears, like, they're using my music. Like, I don't know. I would.
1: I, I was. You didn't see that part. Yes, but, I did. Because <laughs> uh... <laughs> so I want to look cool, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wow. was a really really nice moment to see, you know.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That was
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. So a few more questions, and thank you for all this time. The other thing I I, I go nuts on, you know, I told you about the, the Scorseses of the world. I hate that there's, like, um not everybody. But there's like men who live in their basements and like eat Cheetos that hate Brie Larson, like, and I don't understand it. She's super talented. She's an Academy Award winner, and they, I swear, I swear, it's because she's female. I think it's not a lot of people, but the the silent the the vocal minority is very um, toxic, and I don't like it. And, and I, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I feel like I have to air it to somebody. But. I, I'm not. I'm not okay with it. Like, what?
1: tell me about your childhood.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we have that much time. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It gets me really mad that like people. Star Wars fans have done it to some degree too. Like, what is the deal, Bernard? Do you have any input on that, or am I just ranting at this point?
1: No, it's, it's it's a valid rant. I um I don't know. I don't have the answer. I think she's fabulous, and I actually just finished watching Lessons in Chemistry. I think she, she's a fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Actor, yeah.
1: And, um, I don't know. Well, you know. You're in their basement and they're going to judge everything so they might as well i don't know i have not had answer she's great most
0: people are supportive of 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 females that are in powerful positions doing great things some people feel threatened by it i think that minority here are threatened by it so um so i have to say do you ever listen to um other composers music leisurely so like what are you listening to away from the studio away? I, I mean i know you have a family so i don't want to say when you're alone but like when you have time, perhaps if you're just doing errands or whatever, do you listen to other composers?
1: I do. I have kind of two different listening modes. Um, One is just, you know, fun stuff in the background, uh, you know, in the car or in the house, that kind of thing. And that happens to generally be funk, Motown, um you know yep. that sort of or like you know 70s 80s rocks uh, yeah something like that right um, this is something fun and gets the energy going um and then I have like a critical listening session that I do regularly because I think it's it is also like market research you know let's see what everybody else is up to you right know? um so I do that as well and um yeah they're just but I listen differently that makes sense and then I have this other mode where it's more like studying, I will actually uh, study back some you know, classical repertoire that I've studied earlier on in my life at school and whatnot. But I study those differently now. So I will actually bring out the scores and, you know, study in a, with a different mind. And I listen to a lot of jazz because I, I have a bit of a background in jazz as well. So,
0: so it's there's me- a lot to your process. There's a lot going on with you. Like, I mean, even in your leisurely time. Oh, you
1: talk to my therapist.
0: <laughs> um, i gotta tell you like i was watching godzilla minus one i have never heard of naoki sato sato or Sato. if i am saying that right his score for godzilla minus one is amazing i've never heard i've anything heard like, very
1: good things about that film actually it's on my list i'm gonna oh
0: my god like he was bringing out sounds i've never heard before Oh I good. just yeah
1: I, i'm excited to check it out
0: so so here's I have two questions left. This one the first one is this why I love like your music, like Captain Marvel, why I love movie scores so much. Like when I run, I listen to them. Every free moment I have, I listen to a movie score or my play, my movie score playlist. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because you feel like you could take a piece of the movie with you, right? That's why they're so special to me. Like I can listen to Captain Marvel's main theme and get all revved up. Um, I can I can listen to so much of your work and get all revved up, like or 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 even you know, we talked about Danny Elfman or Hans. And it's like, I have that, I, I remember those movie moments. I, it's just so special. That's why I, I just have such a, a reverence for composers and their work. Um, do you see it that way? Like, I just feel like composers are a different breed. Like, you can't take a cinematographer's work with you. Like, you can remember a scene, but you can't really be on the go saying, oh, let me take a look at, you know, but with music, it's always with you. And I, that's why I just love composers and I love your work. And Thank I don't you. know, that's, but did you see I, it that way?
1: I completely agree with you 100 Billion percent, because that's kind of how I fell in love with film music in the first place. It would allow me to relive a film, just you know. But when we hear, I mean, some of the iconic John Williams themes that we all grew up with, the moment you hear the first couple of bars, you're transported back to how you felt watching the film it's sort of like scent you know like how you smell something and it brings you back like I yeah. have memory connection thing same thing with music that's just really really powerful and filmmakers that know the power of a uh, proper score that elevates their film I think um, they're they're very special you know I, I love working with filmmakers that really understand the importance um, of what a score can do because it really allows audience to live with their film um, for for decades to come really
0: yeah i mean there's been movies that haven't been that great but the score is like magical and that still lives on so so if people forget like the movie maybe may bomb or may not be great but the score still has the ability to be phenomenal and that's kind mm-hmm. of yeah you can take like you said like john williams is the perfect person like when you hear that et theme it's like bam i'm back in sixth grade like it's crazy exactly. yeah. it's crazy it's crazy i do want for let you go i want to talk about family switch uh, talk about that uh, currently on Netflix, if my memory is correct. Um, anything you wanted to say about that? Your, Because you created the score for that for those listening. Anything you wanted to say about that?
1: Oh, it was a really, really fun film. I finally made my kid's dream come true and scored a Christmas film. So, yay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Nick G., uh, our director, it was uh, he was just an absolute blast to work with. And we did a lot of. Fun things, and I don't know. It was just—it was one of the funnest experiences I've had scoring a film. Just laughing the whole time it was wonderful. And I was
0: you a music guy? I feel like when I was watching Charlie's Angels, that guy is—he loves music. He just loves
1: different sounds. Is that—is that him? He loves music, and he's yeah. very knowledgeable. He's—and um, that's what I was mentioning. You know, filmmakers like that—that that have a very special love and connection to music. It makes it really fun for me because just even in our, like, and he would be here and we were just talking, he would get, he he has this childish enthusiasm about music and he'll like start playing stuff off of his phone. Like, listen to this one. How about this one? And it's just really, really, really great. I love that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Of everything you've created, everything, which, which project for you took the most time?
1: Um. Well, time um video games take a long time um i recently um finished it just came out avatar frontiers of pandora yeah
0: okay. um
1: that uh generally video games take a long time that was almost two years in the making oh, that's right yeah yeah i forgot um, about that one yeah so and and films you know there there have been quite a few films that took a bit longer um slumberland and to this date, it's one of the scores that's closest to my heart. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, *Slumdog came out last year. It was a Jason Momoa um, film, France, directed by Francis Lawrence. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, that film, because I got I got hired before they started shooting anything, and I actually had to write music that was going to be played on screen. Um, so I was involved very early on till the end. So I was on that for for quite quite some time as well. So it, it really varies.
0: Yeah. Is it hard having it on with this? Is it hard having, because I feel like being a composer is an isolated profession by just by the course of what you have to do. You have to spend a lot of time alone and you have a family. Is it tough to balance that? Because having a family is completely opposite than what a composer's job is, right? You can't be really isolated, but is, is that tough for you to get? Is that hard for you? Is that always a
1: challenge? um i mean for me i never wanted it any other way and my kids are a bit older now they're 18 and 15 okay. and a half, so they're they're kind of self-sufficient um but i always make sure you know we have we have our I'm mean, our, um, our dinners together our meals together uh so we're, we're very very connected and they grew up with a mother that you know they just don't know any different my younger son the 15 and a half year old one his first scoring session, he was 30 hours old. <laughs> so oh I my came God. back the recording session. Um, so it's just, they're they're very used to it and they're very respectful of it. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful thing to see. And they're genuinely proud of me. And in terms of day-to-day, I've just gotten better at time management over, over the years, which actually, it's made me better. I feel like I probably wouldn't have been as productive if I wasn't a mother. Um, yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of i have to make it work so it works
0: do your kids ever name drop and say listen my mom scored captain marvel what do you think about that like do they ever are they so proud of their mom with all the stuff you've done like do they do they ever do that?
1: yeah Um, i I think they started doing that it's really sweet
0: that's very sweet well you are a very talented person and thank you so much for giving me this time and i hope you you come back on thank you for listening to derek thomas and monday morning critic podcast If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available
1: www.mmcpodcast.com.